I'm going to go in a different direction today and say I have a good feeling about this one. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that I win this this season over you, Christiane. Again, you're trying to make this harder on yourself than it has to be. Oh, all right. We'll see. All right. Go ahead. Give us what you got then today. Today we have a forb. Its size is one to four foot in height, one to three foot in width. Its native range is from southern Maine to eastern, or it's southern Maine to eastern Minnesota and south to Florida and Louisiana. And it does not have a wetland indicator status. Oh. All right. Flower color and shape. Yellow flowers, sometimes marked with brown or red. Um, okay. All right. I, I like this. Tubular flowers. Tubular flowers. Oh. Or I do not like this anymore. I'm just trying to think of a tubular yellow yeah. flower now. Yeah. Um, all right. Bloom time. August to September. All right, just I, – I don't think – do you know? I, I, no I All right. Tubular just, flowers is right. what threw me off. All right. It, it's not something that we grow. No. Okay. I didn't think yeah, so. Here, let me yeah. read the flower right. description. Flowers are five-parted with spreading slightly uneven lobes shorter than the tube and hairy on the outside surface. And it's not one we grow? Uh, I'm going to go with – um, just the tubular flower thing. The only thing I think of that could possibly be that is maybe like I'm trying to think which one's shorter. Is it Saldego Orata? That's not that short. I don't think. But it's not, it is August to September, yeah. but it's not something that we grow. Yeah. Um. I'm, my guess is that or Saldego Casia. But uh, and it is like a. I'm gonna go Odorata because I don't think Casia has. It's as the, red or brown, so I don't uh, think Odorata uh, does either. I'm not familiar enough with it. Um, but that would make sense with the no wetland indicator status being native to the whole northeast. Um, you know, when I heard tubular flower, the first thing I thought of, it's something that's a non-native though, was corridalis. Um Well, that would be a pretty poor guess. That would be a poor this, guess. This is a native plant every All day. All right, I'm going to go with a Solidago also. Which Solidago did you say? I did Odorata, which I think is the Odora. Is that Odora? Is it Dora, maybe? I think it's Odora. I'm going to go with Solidago speci- Speciosa. It is not a Solidago. It is Fernleaf False Foxglove. Yeah. And I got the botanical name for that one. It was Odora. I don't know why I was uh-huh. putting another T and A in there. Whatever. Uh, uh, we got I'm- it wrong. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Happy Hump Day. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm Christine. And I knew this would happen eventually is that, you know, you're doing native plants. We don't know them all. This this is a plant that I've never heard of, and, and we we paused for a minute just to, to look up the plant. I can't say I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, I haven't either, and um, at least that I, I do of. And then the first picture I've found – 
kind of looked like a legume, but it, it's not. I don't think. Is it Christian? Not that I can see. Uh, but um, but then as I look closer, I'm like, oh no, it's just the leaves really are are fern like, which makes sense because it's fern leaf and then false foxglove. The flowers do look foxglove esque in a sense yeah. sometimes, but not always. So the the plant today is Oriolaria pedicularia, which is fernly false foxglove, or also called northern oak leech. And I do know why it's called northern oak leech because that the plant that I just happened to – the site that I happened to look yeah. up the plant was the Native Plant Trust. And it says that it's a partial plant parasite using yeah. the roots of oaks, Quercus, as its preferred host. So uh, it establishes a connection on the roots. Where is it at? Uh it establishes a connection to the roots of an oak using specialized roots called hostoria. These transfer sugars and proteins from the plant host to the parasite. So really interesting. I, so now I guess we know to look for them in oaks, oak yeah. forests oh, yeah. um, because it's something that should be native to our area. So we should be able to come up with this plant. So um, as mentioned, it's size one to four foot in height, one to three foot in width. Uh, with no indicator status, native range from Maine to eastern Minnesota, south to Florida and Louisiana. And it is a forb and part of the Orobanchiaceae family, So, yeah. which I don't know. No, Maybe I don't, I'll I don't look either. that up while you do this next part. Yeah, so it grows well in dry upland woods with oak and relatively open canopy. It's often found on rocky slopes, ridges, outcrops, and summits or in sandy areas, uh, erect and and. Um, much branched. The upper portion of this variety is covered with abundant grand, uh, glandular hairs, making it feel sticky, which is also pretty interesting. And oh. then, um, like I mentioned, just from my observations from the pictures, the main leaves are fern-like and deeply lobed with five to eight pairs of lobes. And, uh, yeah, those leaves really are pretty striking when you look at it. In addition, the flowers are pretty cool, too. But the leaves are, like, very, mm. very fern-like. I hadn't seen even, like, sweet fern doesn't look as much as fern-like as this plant does. So this is pretty interesting. So the family, uh, it's called broom, broom rapes. It's a family of mostly parasitic plants of the order Lamielias, Lamiels, with about 90 genera, more than 2,000 species. Many of the genera um, were formerly included in the family Scrofularaceaceae. Sensulatu. With its new circumscription, uh, it forms a distinct monophyletic family. Um, it's defined as the largest crown clade containing uh, whatever. So let's see. I'm just looking to see what else it says. That's really it. But <clears throat> I'm looking to see if I know any of the other flowers in this family, and I don't. Yeah. So <clears> – <throat> I love that we're getting something that we don't know oh, yeah. that we're 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 yeah. learning a little bit more about. So, if you're going to look for it in the wild and you're going to look in the the, the oak near uh, oak forests, uh, it has a bloom time of August and September, and it's partly shady to full sun with a lifespan uh, that's annual, but sometimes biennial. And the root system consists of uh, tap roots with small feeder roots. Yeah, and it's, it's, it tends to spread by seed, and that seed is often carried <laughs> in the wind. Uh, thrives in fire-prone communities and experience population explosions following burns. Uh, the leaves are eaten by flea beetles, uh, Aphis 
Gerardii, or which is aphids, um, and uh, is specific to the species. And then deer also eat this plant. I'm wondering if you can find this plant in the New Jersey pine barrens. That's what I'm thinking because it's fire exploited. There's a lot yeah. of uh, of oaks yeah. in, in the pine yeah. barrens. That's what I'm, I'm assuming. Take a look. And uh, it's pollinated by bumblebees and long tongue bees. And the larval host for the or, or excuse me, the larvae of the orange swallow moth uh, feed on the flower, developing seeds and foliage. And the plant develops seeds and foliage in early October. Uh, the caterpillar of the noctuid moth, Rhodotia orantiago, bores into the seed capsules. Um, the Native Americans used it to treat diarrhea. And the name means Aurelaria, which is golden, and Pedicularia lice. It's a golden lice, which I wonder if that has to do with the parasitic uh, means for it. So I'm I'm curious how we will do on the lightning round, considering Tom and I do not know this plant at all. Well, Did, because were you, you laughing had... when you picked this plant? You knew we wouldn't guess this plant. Yeah, a little. <laughs> well, you had to do research in the middle of the episode that I feel like you're going to figure out half my questions. So, Well, we had to make it sound at least somewhat uh, knowledgeable. You literally said, I don't even know the name of this plant. I don't know how you can sound knowledgeable <laughs> after that. So, and just looking a little bit more about this plant, I found it on Jersey Friendly Yards, and the picture that I see appears to be uh, in a pine forest. Um, okay. some oaks mixed in. I see some pitch pines, I believe. So, although it looks a lot more mountainous than than the New Jersey pine barrens are, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna try and find this plant. This is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, just looking at the family, like I don't know any of the genuses from this family, which is it. It just makes you realize how much you for for no no matter how much you tend to know, especially something when you're in the field, like looking at these and not knowing any of the botanical. It's just blowing my mind right now. All right. Hit us with some uh, lightning round. Let's see how Tom and I do today. First up, true or false? This species is hemiparasitic, receiving part of its food or water through attachment to the roots of various oak species. All right. Next up is true or false? It is commonly found on Quercus stellata. All right. True or false, this species is considered uncommon or threatened in many states. All right. True or false, the species was formerly called Gerard- Gerardii pedicularia. All right. And then true or false, dead stalks turn yellow and often persist into the following summer so the plant can be found year-round. Okay. How you feel, Tom? Oh, I, I had them all listed as true, so I don't <laughs> think I did well. Um, well, I have four out of the five as true and one false. I changed one to false. Okay, all so right. Maybe it's the same one. All right, let's find out. First up is it is true the species is hemiparasitic. All right. The next one is false. While yeah, it can be found be on some different kind of all <laughs> oaks, <laughs> it's found on Quercus velatina primarily. Oh, all right. I almost changed that one to false too. <laughs> the next one is true. Um, the species is all, often overgrazed by deer and the young larvae. Larvae. Jeez. 
then it was true that the f- species was formally referred to as Gerardii pedicularia. And Tom, what are you at right now? I have three of the four. I have three of the four also. And my one false is this one. So me too. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it is false. The dead stalks turn black. So we're, we both went for – we've tied all week. All week. Yeah. Wow. Not too bad. And I think we've only gotten one wrong each Yeah. Yep, that's Each day, right. that's pretty good. We're 80%. That's not too bad. I'll take 80%. I don't think I'm 80% in any other aspect of my life. So I'll take this. So. <laughs> I feel like you should be 100% engaged in yeah. your life. So I, I – Tom, would you put this in your yard? Uh, No, probably not. I think it's a cool plant. It's probably got a lot yeah. of value, but I don't know if it will work in my yard. I, I do have some oaks in the front yard, but – I, yeah. you know, my, my backyard is, there's a lot of, uh, the, the lower half of my yard is mainly oaks. Um, if I could get my hands on this, I'd put it there just to see, uh-huh. just to see it. Now I'm going to have to go through the, the woods behind my house to see if it already exists. Possibly uh, it might. How about you? You putting it in your yard, Christian? I think it's really cool, but I have no idea how to introduce a parasitic species. You put it under an oak. I would imagine it's only going to survive near oaks if it's parasitic. Like, did did you come across anything that said that it could survive without oaks or no? Fran, do you see how much information was on the first sheet? <laughs> I couldn't find much. <laughs> well, I hope you're like Tom and Christiane and I, and we're going to look up more about this. And that's part of this is it shouldn't just be everything that you know where you want to learn something. So not just one or two things about a plant you already know, but – introduce you to some new plants that that you can possibly add to your property so uh i hope you enjoyed this one we're going to have another new plant we're going to finish out the week strong tomorrow hopefully we can uh take christiane down yeah uh so make sure go ahead before we wrap up uh since since this was a little bit shorter and we have a minute or two yes christiane what are you going to tell us about huckleberry our new calf huckleberry wait wow Yes, uh, we had a calf born yesterday at the farm, um, and this is the generation of calves that we I <laughs> suggested to everyone we name after plants. So we have fig, huckleberry, oak, um, <laughs> and mad dog skullcap. <laughs> <laughs> so we have four or five running around right now. Wow. Wow. Why am I just finding out about it? How did you find out about it, Tom? I saw it on Facebook. Oh, okay. It was born yesterday. Okay. Yeah, so it's relevant to – well, I guess everyone's going to listen to this. It'll <laughs> be like six days ago it was born. But that's oh, where we are. Very cool. What's What's your next name in line? I'm assuming you already have names lined up. I believe this is the last of the plant generation, so I'm not really? sure. Really? Well, will be the next generation. I don't know. I you should name him after Pokemon for Santino. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I like that. So um, do some research, learn a little bit more about this plant, and we're going to take down Christiane tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for a new episode, and then until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.